It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast! Come on, let's jump into the brine! Here's what's coming up on Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Are you ready, gang? Yeah! Bug appetit. That's right, we're talking entomophagy. Eating bugs. But first, we take you to a recent recording session at Bad Brine Records. Oh yeah, and then there was... All right, let's punch in at the chorus, please. Throw your hands in the air if you's a peak layer. Till the firm is getting perfect, sealed by anaerobic pressure. Podcast police, open up the door. Shut that musical. Sir, we got complaints you've been disturbing the peace lay and spitting gastrocomedic brines. You're clearly in violation of the anti-avant guard podcasting ordinance. The AAGPO. Oh, hi, officer. I didn't see you there. Uh, hang on. Can you shut my reverb off? Thanks. Anyways. Uh, officer, I'm confused. Last time you pulled me over for being too derivative. So which is it? Am I too normal or too out there? You just don't get it, do you? We're gonna need you to play to the middle, sir. The middle? It's the law of podcastistan. But, uh, I live in Peaklaystan. Peaklay. Anyways. Um, Uncle Richie? Yes, Jimmy? This man is scaring me. What is this? A talking pickle baby? His name is Jimmy. He's my nephew. And he's a Peaklay. Like me. <laughs> he's in violation, too. I'm gonna have to cuff him. Oh, no! Okay, okay, officer. Uh, n- no need to worry. We'll cooperate. Let me just, uh, grab my jar of brine here and, uh... Oh, my eye! What is this? 6% salt brine? Jimmy, quick, into the recording crock. Hey, you can't do this. Unlock the studio door. This is a violation. Uncle Richie, how are we gonna get out of here? I don't know, Jimmy. But in the meantime, let's start the show. Gonna tell the pod god... Have you ever eaten a bug? No? Well, did you know that actually, 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 lots of people eat bugs? It's true. So let's hear from some of them on this podcast right now. Chapulí. Translation. Grasshopper. They're a good hearty protein. I grab them with my hands and I just eat them like snacks. They're not a processed food, they're whole food. They're a good uh, crunchy juicy bit. I mean, that's the healthiest thing you could have. And it turns out we might need to be eating a lot more bugs soon if we're going to survive as a species. There's going to be about 9 billion people on the planet in just a few decades. That's a lot of mouths to feed. But good news. Bugs are super high in protein, I'm told. And humans have been eating bugs for hundreds maybe thousands of years. But the United States is lagging behind. Even your main man, intrepid food journalist, the notorious P.E. Clay himself, R.P. the Three. That's me. 
So I have never had chapulines. Well, you can have some. And there's no reason why I haven't really, other than, you know, it's just not something I grew up with. Other or than what? the fact that you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we did. So on this episode of Richard's Famous, we're exploring the world of eating bugs, culture, history, and implications for our human destiny with a rousing game of cricket. And while I don't know much about how cricket works, I do know that by the end of the game, you always find out if I'm racist or not. <laughs> When I started this project, whew, when I started this project, I didn't even know. Hang on a second, let me just reset here. Thanks, ladies. When I started this project, I thought I might have to travel to a far off distant land to find bug eaters. But it turns out there are some in my own backyard, right here in LA. Good, how are you? Good. Um, I'm here to meet uh, Fernando and Bricia. You're here at Gelegetza restaurant in the middle of Koreatown. The James Beard Foundation recently honored Gelegetza with its Classics Award, which recognizes restaurants distinguished by their timeless appeal that serve quality food that reflects the character of their communities. Uh, my name is Risa Lopez. I'm the co-owner. and uh, We're the longest standing Oaxacan restaurant. For the past 25 years, the Lopez family has turned out Oaxacan staples like moles, tlayudas, a kind of Oaxacan pizza on a tortilla, and yes, chapulines, or grasshoppers, to a devoted client tell. Recently, those recipes were collected into a fantastic cookbook, Oaxaca, Home Cooking from the Heart of Mexico. What are chapulinas? They are a Oaxacan delicacy. Oaxacan caviar. <laughs> there you go. That third voice you hear is Paulina Lopez, Bricia's sister and also a co-owner of Galetgetza. I'm here to try chapulinas for the first time with the Lopez sisters, who grew up in Oaxaca and L.A. eating bugs. Like It's never been not normal for me to eat chapulinas. You just gotta get tortilla, put your chapulinas inside, some avocado, and just go for it. I mean, People have been eating chapulinas in Latin America for centuries, and the valleys of Oaxaca are especially famous for this delicacy. The bugs are caught in the fields with before sunrise when they're still sleepy and slow moving. Bug eating also thrives today in cultures all over the world, from the deep fried grasshoppers of Thai cooking to Korean silkworm soup and caterpillars in Congolese cuisine. In 80% of the world, people eat bugs. And even here in the US, where these days it's far from commonplace, you don't have to go back too far in time to find bug eaters. I had heard about it growing up. That's Mark Hay. He's written about entomophagy. Entomophagy, phagy, yeah. For publications like Atlas Obscura. I'm from the Mormon corridor in America, and there is some history of 
Mormon migration running into food troubles as they headed out west, there is a lot of desperation. In the 19th century, Mormon settlers survived by trading with native communities for grasshoppers ground with nuts and berries and shaped into cakes. You know, early protein bars. It was basically having a little protein-rich patty made out of katydids. AKA Mormon crickets. Some accounts say 50% of Native American tribes once included insects in their diets. Grasshoppers, cicadas, ants, locusts in particular were easy to harvest when you had swarms and swarms of them darkening the sky. Historians say the Shoshone people once caught grasshoppers by forming large circles around them and beating the grass to draw them all to a pit at the center. You can imagine not dozens or hundreds of these things, but thousands of these things, maybe even tens of thousands of these things at a time in these giant pits. Fry them up, throw them in some hog fat. They taste kind of nutty, kind of shrimpy. Kind of buggy. They're a good uh, crunchy, juicy bit. But once the white settlers were feeling less desperate, they stopped eating bugs. This category of edible bugs, I'll just refer to them as the experts do, as crunchy, juicy bits, can still be found in the American West. But long gone are the days of swarms of locusts. More on why we see fewer bugs in general in a little bit. But first, let's take a little break. You live in Podcastistan. There are rules here, you know. Meanwhile, back at Bad Brian Records. You can't just pot as you please. Um, Uncle Richie? Yes, Jimmy? Well, we're here stuck in the studio listening to your podcast about bugs. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. I was just thinking, where can you get bugs? Well, Jimmy, I'm glad you asked. All you gotta do is... Get yourself down to the bug barn. Discount prices you can't beat, bug barn. At the corner of Peaklau and Peaklay in the old downtown. Just past the mill, across the creek, down by the river. Oh, okay. Anyways. Call today. R-F-F-P. And now, back to the show. So do you guys have a recipe for this in the book that's coming out? 100%. We have a recipe for chapulines de la mexicana. So you A lot of us have stories about being made fun of on the schoolyard for something peculiar the other kids notice in your lunchbox. For me, it was a baguette smeared with pate and studded with bumpy cornichon. But for the Lopez sisters... I remember taking grasshoppers to lunch to high school. And everyone was like, oh my god, it's so crazy. What's weird, what's normal, what you eat, it all depends on who you are and where you grew up. There's a French term for this. C'est la relativité de la cuisine. I'm just kidding. That's something I just made up. But speaking of French food... There's restaurants that sell, like, frog legs. And then people are right. scared of, like, a little chapulin leg. Yeah, like, frog legs are considered a delicacy. Like, that's or, one of the famous French delicacies, right? escargot. Pigeon stew. Oh, swab. Yeah. And it has this European notion of... Yeah being a delicacy, but because chapulines come from Latin America, Oaxaca, then it's seen as poor people's food. And besides, chapulines are known to be quite delicious and healthy to boot. They are they have zero chemicals. They're not processed. They're not a processed food. They're whole food. Yeah. It's one of the it's a whole food protein. I just don't understand why people just can't get over the fact that they have legs. It's so weird to me. <laughs> look at me, look how healthy I am. <laughs> it's true. Very fit. But still, if you didn't grow up with it, it's hard to get over a reticence to eat bugs. Um, Uncle Richie? Are you really gonna eat a bug? I am, Jimmy. Really, I am. But first... Like the royal podcast princes of yore, I'll employ a food tester to try out some of the currently available bug-derived snacks to, you know, see if they're poisonous or not. Are you Lou? Yeah. Oh, hey! 
Hey, Hi. how's it going? <laughs> Recently minted RFFP producer Jessica Glazer pitched the idea for this episode in the first place. She met up with Lou Sorkin, an entomologist from the Museum of Natural History in New York, for a sampling of all the latest, tastiest bug snacks on the market. But first, by way of introduction, Jessica offers... My mom told me as a baby I would eat dead worms that I found on the grass or on the sidewalk or wherever I was sitting. I had very low standards. Oh. It's amazing what you learn about someone just working on a podcast together. Anyways. Not to be outdone by Jessica, Lou offers up a personal anecdote of his own. So I actually am one of the only people who have thousands of bed bugs that don't worry about it. So I've got about 5,000, 6,000 or more bed bugs. And it gets better. I'm their sole source of nourishment. Say that again. I'm their sole source of nourishment. And describe what that looks like. Uh, well, I invert the vials, and I just put it on my arm, and then for about half an hour, they just feed there. Yeah, some people think I'm a little off, but uh, I'm not. Anyways. The pleasantries having been dispensed with, Jessica and Lou get down to business. What you got in that bag? Chips, cricket-based, full roasted crickets, sour cream and onions, flying termites. This is tea. It's called bug-a-poop tea. Bug-a-poop? It actually is quite good. This happens to be a cheddar cricket chip. You can try it. Okay, let's see. Mmm. Oh my god, it's so good. Mm. First I tasted cheese, but then I taste like, I don't know, like a depth of flavor of some kind. The cricket itself, you won't know until you actually have a cricket what the cricket tastes like. And what does a cricket taste like to you? Cricket. It tastes like nothing else? It tastes like a cricket. Is that its face? This is the face. Oh, okay. they're so soft. Oh, they're so soft. I have to eat this because it can't be in my hand for very long. Okay. okay. Ooh, it's light. It's crunchy. Oh my god, it tastes like cricket. Mm. Do you like the taste of a cricket? Yeah, sure. Ask any lizard. But Lou has more than just gustatory reasons for eating bugs. Uh, it's also ecologically sustainable to raise or farm a lot of insects compared to chickens or cattle or pigs, sheep. It's, it's less of a carbon footprint. Lou's right, we're going to have to find a more sustainable source of protein than meat to feed our growing population. Remember how there are going to be 9 billion people on the planet in just a few decades? Well, a pound of crickets has more protein than a pound of chuck chop. And we want to slow down climate change because cows burp too much. <gasps> but... Climate change is screwing with the environment in ways that make it inhospitable for certain insects. Thus, fewer swarms of locusts. Thus, fewer options for edible insects. And on top of that... Bug farming can be as environmentally damaging as cattle farming. You have to really narrow it down to a tiny collection of insects that we know how to rear sustainably. In other words, we're going to have to look out for Big Bug. Uh-oh. There he is right now. Oh, I think I can handle him. Here, let's head for the ending. Quick, back to Gaelic Getza. Where I'm going to try my first grasshopper. Chapuline. Can I get two chapuline tacos just like that and a side of avocado? For this white boy that's gonna charge me chapulines. <laughs> so, okay, what do we have here? So, I got you two chapulin tacos. 
The bugs are acidic and crispy, almost like carnitas when it starts drying out. With added heat from Arbo chilies, they're served in a handmade corn tortilla. Delicious. There's definitely also a flavor that I do not recognize in it, which must be... Chapulí. You have to obey the laws. You understand what I'm saying to you, brah? Meanwhile, back at Bad Brian Records... Uncle Richie, why is the podcast police always after us? Well, you know Uncle Richie's podcast? Yeah, it's more like a cartoon than a normal podcast. Woodcast? Woodcast. Woodcast. Well, it turns out most adults don't like things that are so different. What? Don't worry, little Jimmy. And remember, always be yourself. I know you can hear me. I know I'm speaking English. You speak English? To all the cukes, brown and nice, with dill and spice, allow me to drop this lyrical blockage on your crockage. Who rocks crocs and salt solution all for mitten? The back of the jar, sipping brine is where you find me. The back of the crock, salt preserve my cukes behind me. Mad yeasty action, flavors passing, micros blasting. But I just can't quit because one of these cukes, Peaklay's got to cure with, preserve with. Keep the epi secret, not. Please blow up my spot, cause that's how pods get hot. Now check it, I got more sour than sand or in my crocs. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy, I got mad friends with ferments. See notes with flavors, true peaklay players. Jump in the brine, you'll feel fine. Spitting rhymes on our FFP, it's called gastro comedy. Throw your hands in the air if you's a peaklayer. Till the firm is getting perfect, sealed by anaerobic pressure. You got some yeast up in your face, please don't shoot up the place. Cause I see some dilly cubes now that should be fermenting nicely. Damn, son, I'm impressed. I'm gonna let you off with a warning. Tracks banger. Gee, thanks, officer. Wanna ride on my rocket? I mean, I'll go to space, bro. Hop on, Jimmy. Okay. And now, boom, to the moon. This episode was produced by me, Richard Parks III, with Jessica Glazer. It's so beautiful. It's, it's Richard's Famous Food Podcast.